1: R. Now let's get this party started You're listening to Fox Sports Radio
2: Yeah man grooving, Groovin, Groovin'. Hey. That's what we do it's uh, two pros and a cup of joe here at Fox Sports Radio. LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. You can listen to this show on the iHeartRadio app. You can find us on hundreds of Fox Sports Radio affiliates and wherever you are making us a part of your Tuesday morning. We appreciate you doing so. We're going to take you all the way up until 9 a.m. Eastern time, 6 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, congratulations yet again to the Georgia Bulldogs, your national champions, first title for the program since 1980. This, uh, so they, they it Dooley? Is yeah, that who the quarterback yeah. was back there? Is it Derek Dooley? Uh, well, I think he was the coach, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah well, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, back in, uh, yeah, it was 1980. They showed him at the game last night, so it was good yeah. that he got to, uh, got to enjoy it. How about, it. Them, dogs, huh? yeah. How about dogs. them dogs? Yeah. We need some dogs. We don't need no couts. Yeah, we need some dogs. Some dogs. Cats.
0: We need more dogs. We need
1: those Bro, dogs. they were hitting
3: last night. That was a yes, physical, they were flying physical around. game,
2: man. Whew. Yes, That's they were. uh. So, I so don't the, no <laughs> we don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dolls. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, by the way, uh, you mentioned uh, Kool Aid McKinstry. Uh, mm. You said uh, maybe the uh, the best name in college football. Yeah. Can I throw in uh, a little bit of competition into that discussion quickly? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Master Teague. Yeah, I mean Master Teague's, master. Ma- master Teague's a legit name as well, too. So it feels like we got a we got a, a two man race for best names. One in college, is a little
0: football. bit more serious than the other one, though. One's a little yeah. bit more lighthearted, you know.
2: <laughs> no, it definitely is. Just, just um, saying,
3: one, uh, one takes me back to like Master P. I think of Master Teague. I think of, like the make him say, uh, like that song. That's right. Every time I saw uh, Master Teague run the football, it made me think that
2: uh, Master P.
3: Uh, See,
0: his last name is so strong, too, Teague. It, it yeah. immediately took me into a dojo, like. Hey, ready position. <laughs> like that's what? I don't know
2: what what it took
0: me into a dojo, master who? T, Like get ready. Uh, get
2: your oh, your master. I'm serious, <laughs> yeah. saying. Oh, oh okay. A little karate kid. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So
0: you know, watching too a, much no. Cobra
3: Kai. That's what you're doing. I, yeah.
0: I, I, you know what? I haven't watched a new season yet, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the time to get everybody together to watch it. You know, I mean I'm, not you guys.
2: But, I'm I'm uh, boycotting yeah. it.
0: But that might be kind
2: of cool. I'm gonna boycott
0: it.
3: Boy I uh, got it. Well, by,
2: my wife and I were supposed to watch it together, and then you know I got up to go do something, and she <sighs> continued to watch she, it. And she,
3: she cheated on you with.
2: Yeah, she like literally oh, had an affair with Cobra Kai behind my back for like two or three episodes. And I said, you know what, just finish it. I'm done. I am going to watch should it. Put you in a body bag. Yeah, though. yeah. She, I definitely did. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, on. yeah I'm, I'm gonna watch just it. Just Rewind done. it, bro. No, I'm done. Just, so just I'm on to bigger it. and better things. There's a JFK. I get so sensitive. There's uh, a JFK documentary. Told the whole world. Oh, they figure out who did it yet? No. it's a, you All know, right. Oliver Stone's gonna do new documentary Too on so. JFK. So, uh, Too you so. Know. how many There's different so. ways can you twist that thing, man? I, I was just, you know. I mean, come on. Like, some of the evidence is just sh- stunning. Like, I mean, like, you don't even want to get me like. They, like, took fake, uh, you know, like, uh, what's it, where they take uh, autopsy photos, they colored in his hair, they, like, I mean, it, there was so much effery throughout the entire thing that you watch it and go, how is this allowed to happen? Like, like who saw, it? but, never, again, that's a whole conversation for another time. Hour four. Uh, stick around for uh, more conspiracy theories <laughs> here on the uh, program.
3: Talking to I, your boy Romeo I too much. R- that's a tart- yeah.
2: <laughs> for Romero, excuse me. So, um, all right, let's get into... Uh, uh, we had a, a, some Black Monday uh, in the NFL. Racist. Uh, it's yeah. just the term. I Hit listen, the button. Listen, I, the button. I, I, I didn't call Reef it that. It, everybody calls it that, all right? So I guess everybody's and a you racist. you shot it out there just so easily, racist. too. Like yeah, just that's effortlessly. Just <laughs> came off his Jeez. tongue like <laughs> So, so here's... had a whole lot of Black like Monday take place. It's not his first place. time saying it, you know? Uh, by the not way... his first time. Did we not <laughs> say... Geez. Did we not say while well, we were on the air yesterday, going, are we going to get some news right after we went off the air? Things are going to start to happen, and that's uh, exactly how it went jumping. down. I mean, the yeah, Vikings. I, I think the Vikings were listening to the program, going, "All right, those guys are off the air." All right, so uh, Rick Spielman and uh, and Zimmer, you're gone. <laughs> and then the uh, Bears went and uh, double barrel fire action and got rid of uh, Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace. <laughs> he gone double barrel. Um, and then uh, you know, we just you know, we're hearing some of these reports. We're going to get into the Giants uh, at some point as well too, because a uh, lot a lot of, a lot of strange things happening there but the discussion becomes which is the best opening available in the nfl right now because obviously these teams are flawed these rosters are flawed that's why these guys have openings but there is one team brady quinn who could have an opening that looks like it might be uh, the best destination if you're a coach or a candidate looking for a gig
3: well here's the deal so we've got how many openings now five Uh, las vegas jacksonville minnesota chicago and denver now Houston, New York, we'll get into that. Those could be, come open. But, again, I think New York might need its own segment uh, given the decisions and things they're saying. But of those five that are open, I think you've got two that are up for debate, and they're both contingent on where a player goes, in my opinion. So if you're just looking at both, both Denver and Minnesota, I think those are the best two situations as a head coach – to walk into and have success. But part of that's contingent upon what Aaron Rodgers does. If Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, I think Minnesota then looks to be the better job because they've got some great young pieces on that roster, and the only thing really standing in their way has been having to deal with the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers, at least throughout the tenure of Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. I mean, you can't tell me you wouldn't want to come in and coach Justin Jefferson or Dalvin Cook and say what you want about Cousins. He's one of the more consistent, productive quarterbacks in the league. They've got a young offensive line with Garrett Bradbury and Christian Darrisaw, Brian O'Neill. I mean, that group's come along. That's just the offense. You know, defensively, obviously, you know, Harrison Smith's still there and Patrick Peterson's up there. But if they get those couple guys coming back with Tomlinson up front and Michael Pierce, you know, Anthony Barr is a free agent, but you bring him back, I mean, they've got some pieces there on defense too. I just think that's a group that it's, the roster looks good. It just it all depends what happens with Rodgers. And look, the same thing could be said about the Broncos. I mean, defensively, you know they can match up with KC. We saw that throughout the course of Vic Fangio's tenure. It's just the quarterback spot, and, and, and that's the only thing. I mean, out around the quarterback spot, you've got a ton of talent. I mean, Cortland Sutton, the way Tim Patrick has stepped up too, K.J. Hamler, both tight ends, Fant and Albert They can run the football with Javante Williams. I mean, they only need a quarterback. So <laughs> that job, if you can get Rodgers to go there, then becomes the most attractive job, in my opinion. So I I just – by the way, it could be Russell Wilson, it could be Deshaun Watson, whoever you want. You find the quarterback position in Denver and you find yourself then the most attractive job. I I think that's probably the one that I like the best, given the track record and and success. But it's just funny how it's kind of contingent on maybe what Aaron Rodgers does or doesn't do.
0: I got to be honest. I I'm, I'm thinking the Raiders. It should be in the conversation as well. I, I like Denver, I like Minnesota. I like I I like the reasoning behind that. But you got Carr, you 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 got a, a quarterback. You you know, Renfro is 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 starting to to do some things. You you got some players, man. You got Kenyon Drake uh You know, you got – who's the tight – tell me the tight end's name again. Uh, Darren Uh, Waller. Waller. fossum Uh, Darren Waller.
2: Todd Christensen. I I just (laughs) – okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: You know, only you, Jonas. I I think that to see a team go through all the turmoil that they went through this year and still be able to find themselves at 10 wins – and in the playoffs, which, by the way, they have better records than than Denver and Minnesota. So to me, I think you got to look at that as oh. there there is, it may not, it, it it may not be as clean as you'd like for it to be, but it's it's a job for one, and for two, they're, they're winning. It is a
2: job. So <laughs> it is
0: a job. winning team. Yeah.
2: It, it's okay. Yeah,
0: I mean, uh, you know, and you know. It is a job.
2: You you think you think they're going to walk from Bassachia after the season? Like, right. l- let's just say, let's say they, I mean, they win in Cincinnati. You're you're going to walk away from that guy? I mean, he, he took over uh, a, a bag of crap and everything that came along with it. And I and I, I just <laughs> I was in a bag of crap. Well, I mean, you know, the stuff with you know the Gruden he, stuff. Yeah, but a, that's the, not
3: that had nothing to do with the roster, the team where they're at. Like he took over a team that was, I mean, probably on this path one way or another. Like, I don't know that he enhanced anything. I just think he took over a team that could contend. He, they went 7-5 and five in his tenure. He's done a good job. I, I think the pro, this is the problem organizations make, is you've got an interim guy who takes over and does this. And to your point, maybe they beat Cincinnati. Great. They won a game. They're not going to the Super Bowl. All right? right? I'll, I'll say that here and now. Jeez. Yeah, they're, they're not. Sorry, Roberto. I'm sorry. I think we both well, would sorry, agree are not Berto. going to the Super Bowl. Wow. Sorry, bro.
2: Roberto, sorry, but man. Here's sorry, the problem. Berto
3: is you end up having a guy who came in when you needed him and he did a good job. But the problem then becomes is he did a good enough job now where you feel like you can't go out and interview other potential candidates. And this happens all the time at the quarterback position. You have an injury to your starter. A guy comes in, he plays pretty well, and guess what ends up happening? People start you know, start forgetting about the starter in the first place, and they fall in love with the backup because everyone loves the backup on a short sample size, and then they go, no, 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 this is the guy for the job, this is the guy for the future. How many times does that ever work out? And by the way, it usually doesn't work out for, like, anyone involved. The head coach, the starter, the backup. I mean, take Nick Foles, Carson Wentz, Philly, for example. Like, that whole thing ended up blowing up. Like We all look for the Tom Brady, the backup who's going to come in and when he plays well, and then he ends up going on to have the best you know, resume in the history of the NFL. The reality is that oftentimes doesn't happen, and it really doesn't work out for anyone. The whole thing ends up blowing up because there's so much indecision about who should be the guy. This happens with head coach hirings. A guy has a short stint, good job as an interim, and then you're like, oh, well, let's give him the job because he did a good job. And then two years from
0: now, you're looking for the next that head happened coach. happened with them. Yeah. It happened with the Raiders, with with uh, with you, yeah. You know, I I I, I think they have to be very cognizant of 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 that that factor, and I think you got to hire a guy that's going to be able to continue to build out what you have. I mean, you got you have some stars on your defense. I mean, Perryman is is a stud. Um, you got you you got players um in place i i think you gotta get a coach that that can take them to the next level and i just i don't i don't think it's what with the current interim guy that they have I think he's done a fine job of holding them together but I think that you gotta bring in somebody who is is going to really really you know i think not not let not let this current roster fall fall by the wayside. Because I mean who knows how long you have with with this group before free agency um begins to, to change the, the dynamic of this team. I, I I felt as though they were about to underperform this year. Um even you know even looking at it from the standpoint of they got out of the blocks really quickly but but they seemed to kind of nosedive that you know you lose the coach we i don't want to have to go over all of it again but i just really think that the raiders are an intriguing team and if i'm looking at the teams that i'd be like huh this is a job that i'd like to to be able to to see what i can do with what they have i think they're i I think they're just as attractive as any other team i really do i I like minnesota i like minnesota but I, i just I no i like minnesota I mean, you got you got a you got an amazing receiver, you got a quarterback. That, you know, I don't know you know to to what degree he can take them, how well, far he PM. can take them. But well, you, one p.m. he's lights out. Damn right. Any time after that, it lights yeah. out, right? Yeah. And You got defensive guys. I mean, you got <laughs> Bar, you got you know uh, Kendricks and those guys. You got you got a squad in Minnesota too. I you know, and I wouldn't sleep on the the Dolphins either. Honestly speaking, personnel-wise, I would not sleep on the Dolphins. And so, I, you know, I don't know. I, I think that there are a few jobs that I think are attractive. Definitely wouldn't want to take over Jacksonville, though. I'll tell you that. Well, so ba- I, I would not want to go there.
2: Basically, what we've determined is that uh, the best job is uh, wherever Aaron Rodgers decides to go. That's <laughs> really what, we, what we've I established mean, why here. Why not? I mean, uh, whether whether he leaves your division so, or arrives, that's going anywhere. <laughs> so, Jonas,
3: when when they announced they're going to interview Nathaniel Hackett, do you look at that and just say, "I think ah, you"? That's that's just about. That's just
2: about Aaron Rodgers? Uh, yeah, no, I think of you because you're the first one that called it and said, "Look, this is going to be a potential pairing. Rodgers is going to finally get to pick his coach." Because he, here's here's the part that people don't discuss as much as everyone wants to jump on and ball wash Matt Lafleur. Who, let's be honest here, at this point, all he does is hype up the crowd in Green Bay. He's like a, a, a hype man. Jeez. But I mean, I'm just saying, like that's what he does. Every time I see that's him on it? the sideline, he's hyping up the the crowd in Green Bay. I'm just saying, like that's that's the optics. Well,
3: I mean, but, you got to get him out of their seats and all his cheese curds and beer, uh, man. That, that'll,
2: that'll fill you up. That, that is a good point. Point, I would just say this. People don't discuss the fact that Aaron Rodgers had no input on that hiring, right? Like, when, when Green no. Bay made the decision, he didn't have any input on that. And there were some talks that he was a little bothered by, like, hey, can I have a little oh. bit of say in, in the decision-making he, here?
3: He, he actually was maybe having a conversation with a different candidate, and that seemed to upset Mark Murphy. So much so to the point where they went with someone that he had no communication with and wasn't on his short list oh, of coaches geez. he wanted if you want an inside is, scoop
2: is that uh is that uh, that's what happened oh, oh boy! Yeah. yeah all right so yeah so then i then i think the nathaniel hackett uh aaron Rodgers pairing in denver the brady called a week ago does make a lot of sense so there it is so the denver broncos uh will land another uh, hall of fame quarterback another one that they didn't draft M- luckiest franchise in the history of the nfl elway manning rogers
3: well give elway credit though he's the one who won them initially he brought in Manning, and you'd have to think that he's the one who's selling, I guess, Aaron Rodgers, really. Um, but Nathaniel Hackett on, on trying to get this to happen in order to turn things around. Now, he's kind of taken a step back, and George Payton's taken over. But that's the truth of the matter is, it, it's, Jeez, it's always still been a part of all that. All their success – Always been a part of yep. in Denver. He's had a piece of that's Paxton why,
2: Lynch. That's why he's got like a 14 uh, car dealerships there.
3: Hey, Roberto, you would trade getting Peyton Manning and winning a Super Bowl over that? The, what's happened the past <laughs> seven? <laughs> <All right. laughs> Let's be real, buddy. You could take Paxton Lynch or Trevor uh, Siemian, whoever you want. You'd trade what they've been through to go to two Super Bowls and win one during t- yeah. uh, Peyton's tenure there. Yeah.
2: yeah. Even though uh, Peyton Manning had rigor mortis that uh, final Super Bowl, <laughs> you know yeah. he was. Uh, Still, uh, that counts. That's that's a win. That counts uh, for uh, Gary Kubiak and John Elway and company. All right. It's two pros and a cup of Joe. Fox Sports Radio brought to you by Discover. Uh, If you're a valued customer, you deserve a simple gesture of appreciation from your credit card company. And that's why Discover matches all the cash back you've earned at the end of your first year. Discover, exceptionally common sense. Learn more at discover.com slash match. Limitations apply. So not a good look in the world of football or was it? We will get into all that for you next year on FSR.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at six AM Eastern, three AM Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Did you hear that, that that bass snare? Did you hear that bass <laughs> snare?
0: How dare hey, you Hey Brady, hey, hey Q, did you hear that? How dare that, you that, that bass snare?
2: Huh?
0: Did A bass and a snare that's are two great. different drums, LeVar. Yeah. How oh.
2: dare you? Oh, my bad. little uh, System of a Down, you know, the, the Pride of Glendale. You know, there's a uh, Hollywood. That's uh well, it's Glendale. I mean, come it's from on, Hollywood. Actually. Yeah, it's Glendale. They're from Glendale. You know, it's it's you know, it's not far from the bar. As a matter of fact, right you know. down the street. Yeah, uh, it's a uh, two pros and a cup of Joe here, at Fox Sports Radio. Uh, this is a Roberto, one of his favorite bands. Um, That's correct. It's always nice at six fifteen a.m. local time. Wake when up it's, when it's still dark out. He pulls out of the parking lot. He's blasting System of a Down and yelling Spanish out the window. <laughs> <laughs> It's like <laughs> there's like some bum trying to take a nap around the corner. And Roberto gotta make him. sure I don't fall asleep. Oh I'm driving home. Man. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, we are going to get into uh, what the hell one uh, franchise is doing when it comes to their head coach. Uh, very strange decision making. But did you guys happen to see uh, last night after the game that there were some Georgia players who had Alabama national champion hats on? I guess they were handing out the wrong hats to where they had them, <laughs> oh, wow. they had them both printed up. And so Georgia players are walking around with Alabama national champion hats. And I thought to myself, "Go, well, that that looks dumb." And then I took a step back and I said, "You know what? That's the ultimate troll job." I
0: mean, uh, it is a troll. I, I it mean it's a troll. It's got
2: to be, right? It has to yeah. be. They're busting balls teasing Alabama for coming up short in the National Championship game. That's how that works. Good for them, man. Come I into. I
3: loved everything about that atmosphere of that game. The fact that it was a rematch, the fact that it was two talented evenly matched teams, the history with the coaching staffs, like the whole thing. It was just awesome. And that only adds a little bit to it. Now, r- the reality is it was probably a mistake um, that someone was passed out the wrong hats. <laughs> those are going to end up in a third world country as a donation here shortly if they're not already on their way on some FedEx or UPS jet across the Atlantic Ocean or somewhere down south of the equator. But that, that's usually where those t shirts and hats end up.
2: Yeah. It's just, I, I think, uh, you know, if I'm a Georgia player, I'm keeping that one and just just, you know, wear that around think- a little bit.
3: You got to be worried a little bit about the people in some of those other countries they get donated to. They've got a very, very weird interpretation of our sports.
2: Yeah. They've
3: got it all messed up. Like, they probably haven't got apparel from a champion (laughs) in I don't know how long. It's always like the printed up t shirts that didn't end up winning it. So <laughs> they're running around thinking like Alabama won the national championship here in about a week. They're like, God, why are you guys so hard on the Bills?
2: They were great. <laughs> yeah. Four straight. Yeah, they were, <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> what, 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 Four straight Super Bowls for the Bills? What the hell's wrong with you guys? I don't understand. <laughs> uh, Four you know, straight. Listen, dude. I couldn't get one. Yeah, now, is, there, is it? by the way, that whole uh, – they send those shirts to the world. Cup, so that's real? 100%. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I told you can I was going to switch my
3: number – from nine back to 10 when i was in denver and the issue was is because we were just transitioning over from like reebok had the appeal deal to nike and i i came to find out they had built up an inventory and so for whatever reason you know they had an inventory of nine jerseys and i had to buy those out and it was something to the tune of like it was like either 50 or 100 i was like i was like how is this possible why would you have an inventory of that many jerseys sitting somewhere and what happens to them after this year anyway like my contract was up could go to a different team like if you know if i don't pay for them you're just going to donate them they're just going to go somewhere else and i was like thinking to myself how like that happens or at least it used to happen all the time but again i would have had to buy those jerseys up To be able to change my number and I would have in exchange then sent those jerseys to, you know, some nonprofit, you know, where they need, you know, a a bunch of shirts, apparel, jerseys, something like that. But they usually get sent overseas, you know, somewhere in in, developing countries or places of need. It's just crazy how that works.
2: I got to. That, get that my is hands. interesting. I got to get my hands on a uh, a Brady Quinn Notre Dame jersey. I'm trying to think what color I want to get, and it's going to be like a smaller, a medium. And I'm putting elastic in the sleeves. I mean, that's just going to happen. I mean, listen, if I if I'm going to do it, I'm going all the way. I'm going to wear eye black. I
0: mean, you got to make sure they see the the barbed wire on you. Your have arm, you have know, to. while you're while you're rolling your 291. And, and on, on me, that's analogy. a
2: good point, Lavar Listen, yes. uh, you know when uh, you know Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel, he didn't cover it up with a tarp afterwards. You know, he's like, hey, no. look what I got there. So why would I want Cover up that fine piece of art that I have, and he
0: too had a matching Bart Wire tattoo on his (laughs) arm as well while he was painting.
2: You know, listen, I mean, uh, again, you come here for the football talk, uh, you stay for the uh, bad tattoos uh, here on uh, Two Pros and a Cup of Joe. Uh, It is a LeVar Arrington break with Jonas Knox. You got
0: Roscoe on the other side (laughs) on the the back on the back shoulder blade. He's got Roscoe there. Yeah,
2: there's, uh, you know, I'll leave that one alone. Uh, All right, uh, coming up uh, 15 minutes from now. Uh, If you are looking for a major change in the world of football, uh, you might be waiting a little bit longer than you would have liked. Uh, We will get into the latest on that for you here on FSR. Um, All right, so the New York Giants. Uh, are uh, are not a good football team. Uh, they're a very strange franchise right now. Uh, the news that came out yesterday was not Joe Judge was being fired. Instead, the news that came out was that general manager David Gettleman is going to be retiring uh, after a four-year stint there with the Giants and a lot of losses that piled up. But there are reports that... Joe judge, his job isn't exactly safe that they're going to interview some GM candidates, and there's a quote some concern within the Giants front office that uh, that Joe judge and the new general manager, whoever that may be uh, may have the same vision for the franchise so Brady Quinn. Basically, what, uh, what's going to happen is if they take too long to hire a GM and then he determines that Joe Judge is not his head coach, that the best head coaching candidates could be off the board because the Giants couldn't pull the trigger on or whether or not they wanted to keep Joe Judge as their coach. So there's that for the New York Giants update uh, in 2022.
3: Fun I stuff. feel bad for Giants fans. I, I really do. I mean, you've been through a terrible past five years, and now you find yourself where an organization – and their ownership is hedging. Like, I I really don't understand this. This is the most bizarre thing that came out from the NFL yesterday was the guy you brought in as general manager, David Gettleman, has decided to retire. The guy you hired in Joe Judge now, his future's up in the air because you want to put the onus of who – you know, who the next general manager is, is going to be the guy who ends up making that decision. You're the owner. Like, (laughs) like, like you're the one who makes this. It's your team. You decide this. The whole thing is bizarre to me. It's like, just wipe a clean slate. If If you need to go for a general manager search and you want him to have that power, then just go ahead and move on from Joe Judge. Because all you're doing then is you're basically anointing a guy who's going to come in as the general manager... And to your point about being late in the hiring cycle, or maybe they feel like you know, based on how long it takes to find the right guy as general manager, they might get to a point where they go, yeah, it's too late in the cycle. Let's just stick with what we got. We'll let the general manager kind of get his, get his feet dug in, and then we can fire Joe Judge and move on a year from now. Once, once that general manager has a better idea of who his guy would be or who he wants to replace him with. like That's really how you're going to let this thing go? I mean, you're just going to go into next year and, you're, and your fan base has to deal with a lame duck head coach? It is the most bizarre way of handling this. And the Giants are a great organization. Their ownership there has been fantastic. This is just confusing. It doesn't make any sense. It's like either rebuild, start over, hire the general manager, start the coaching search, figure things out from there, but don't be in the state of purgatory for the next you know, next year and put your players and your fans through that while you're trying to figure out whether the general manager thinks the head coach is the right fit or not. That never works out.
0: You know what you're supposed to do after you make a meal in the kitchen? You clean up. No one should ever, everyone out there, if you cook, you know this. If you don't cook, you should know this. You should never start another meal in a mess. In an old mess. It's just rule of thumb. You clean up, and, and I think that this is a classic situation where you say there's an old mess, and before you start cooking another meal, you have to clean up. Now, with that being said, w- w- you you gave out some some conditions, some some, you know, some vantage points of where this team currently is. They are late in the hiring cycle, and. And to bring well, in, but how a, are they late? We have five
3: openings. No one's hired anyone.
0: A- 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 I mean, a- a- re- Agreed. A- so they're not that late. They're just they, they will. But be they late haven't if, fired. If, they haven't fired a coach yet, though. That's, correct. They still have a coach. Yeah. So I would, I would, I would assume that they would be late to the party, in terms of getting in and and kind of absorbing what you need to absorb and then making a decision. I, I don't know that to be factual, but I mean, I would. Um, it's a possibility but i i think i think just knowing how they handle things there i think that they want to do it by uh you know the the process of protocols that they've created they have you know when ernie Acorzi was there you could clearly tell they took the lead of of Acorzy. and and i think that that's what has been truly what has made the Giants what they have become in the past is that they really trust. They put the onus on their GM to make the football decisions for for their team, and and so I think. And I, I, my biggest question would be probably why did Gettleman retire? Was he forced in retirement? Yeah. Was it yeah. what you know? Was it his own doing? Was it his own choice? Because to me, I think that that would, would kind of illuminate a little bit more what what the idea, what the plan is. You you got to believe they have a plan as to what their course of action is. Um, and it's not just just vanilla based off, OK, we're going to hire a GM and see what GM wants to do. I think there's more of a plan here. They may obviously have an idea who they want the GM to be and and go from there. And I think any GM that comes into the situation would certainly want to make the decisions on who is going to represent, you know, their best interest as the, the coach of the team. And and I think that that's the protocols that the Giants follow. So I, I, while it could seem to be someone stepping into a mess and do you, you keep this mess and and try to continue to cook in it it almost i think it almost sets it up where the gm actually is able to say okay you know let me look at what the current coaching staff has what what makes sense of it who out there makes sense in terms of a coaching candidate that we would possibly bring in you know get to know the players who do i want to keep as players how does that work going into free agency, going into the draft? I think there's a lot of moving parts that whoever comes in is going to have to get a hold of. And knowing that you're in the major market, major media market, where everything is going to be scrutinized, everybody's going to look at everything you do, I think that you got to give them the opportunity to to kind of look at it from that, that perspective. Okay, we need to clean this up. We need to clean this up. This can stay. This can stay. But this needs to go I, I don't know. I think right now it's, it's too early to, to make a, a super critical judgment on on how they're going to go about the process of what they're going to do with their head coach.
2: You have an opportunity. It didn't work with the coach. It didn't work with the GM. It didn't work with the quarterback you have an opportunity to start fresh all the way around and instead you're going to bring in a GM whose first job is to determine whether or not he can work hand, side by side with the coach like i i just it feels like they're just they're just making they're just making it more difficult for anybody like if i'm a general manager and i'm looking at a gig and you tell me wait a second so I get to pick the quarterback and the coach. But what if he already knows
0: the? What if he already knows the coach? What if they're eyeing up a guy that already has a relationship with Judge? Then then you're doing it, it backwards. But
3: yeah, that's, I, I would hundred percent agree with that. Though you're right, it's possible doing it they
0: backwards. are doing it. You're it hiring be, a general
3: manager just to work with the head coach that is potentially in his last year. How does that make sense?
0: No, I don't know that they're hiring him just to work with him. But what if he's what if he's familiar with them? Like, what if the circles is it's somebody that he's familiar with and he would want to, you know, gauge it out and measure it out? I don't know that it's necessarily backwards. They just may be familiar. I don't know that it has to go it, it, real here's, deep here's in the terms of them this. being close.
3: This is like remodeling a house and then trying your best to kind of keep like, what was already there before. But the truth of the matter is once you finish, you're never going to be happy with the end product. And you're always going to look back and go, I should have just knocked it down and rebuild. Like, I, I had the chance to do it. I should have done it, and I didn't, and now I'm in a worse-off spot because I've been living in it for a few years, and I want to remodel this, and I want to do this, but I, sh- I should have just knocked it down and rebuilt, you know, back when I had the opportunity to. That's what the Giants have a chance to do right now, and I do not get the way they're going about doing it. But Even what if just you
0: budgeted that- out? What if you budgeted out for <laughs> well, uh, a renovation <laughs> versus a knockdown?
3: Well, first off, I'm just saying, I'm just budgeting, budgeting being honest, out. If you- like, the- Well, okay. First off, we're up against the break. If we want to get into the financial implications of how to rebuild, knock down, build whatever you want, we can go through that. This isn't a budgeting process or a financial literacy course. The reality is when people work with what they have within the confines of a house when they remodel, it's never going to be exactly how they want unless they build new, unless they knock down and build again. That's not, a, that's not an opinion. <laughs> that's just fact. And that's the reality of where the Giants are. And I, I just I think it's more about the fact that they are putting the onus on the general manager instead of saying like this is our decision. We're going to hire the next general manager and then we'll have conversations about where we feel like the head coach has been the past two years, where, we're, where we feel like the roster's been at, and we'll work in unison with the general manager to then make that determination. That's not what they're doing. They're almost like wiping their hands of it, saying, no, we'll let the GM handle all that once we hire him.
2: It's uh, two pros and a cup of joe uh, on another edition of Fixer Upper here on Fox Sports Radio as we hang out with you all the way up until 9 Eastern, time, 6 a.m. Pacific. Uh, Coming up next here on FSR, if you are looking looking for a a major change in the world of football, (laughs) you're going to be having to wait a little bit longer. We'll get into that for you right here on FSR. two pros and a cup of Joe, Fox Sports Radio, LeVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, Jonas Knox with you here on FSR. Coming up top of next hour, we are going to take a uh, look back again. A uh, big night, big night in the world of college football uh, and what it means moving forward. So we'll have that discussion again for you here. uh, Top of next hour, a little over 10 minutes from now. Want to let you know we are brought to you by Discover. Real credit card questions require real people, someone who understands your issues and works to resolve them with you. That's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives. Available 24 Four, seven discover exceptionally common sense uh so um thamel the camel uh pete thamel the uh, college football uh, writer and reporter thamel camel yeah, yeah does a uh, does a good job uh pete thamel uh for yahoo sports um apparently uh this uh, whole college football playoff expansion uh bruce feldman uh, alluded to this uh last week um Apparently it's not going so smooth. Uh, Bob Bowlesby, who is the uh, Big 12 commissioner, uh, reportedly just uh, got up and walked out. He was so frustrated uh, at how long this was taken and sort of the chaos that was going on. Um, And when they asked him uh, about, uh, you know, what sort of uh, what it was like, the conversations uh, on Monday, they said, uh, you know, how'd it go? How's everything going? He goes, you ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? So basically, uh, they're at a little bit of a stalemate in trying to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. There's a lot of people that were complaining about the college football semifinal games and saying this is why we don't need expansion. Uh, They're trying to figure out a way to add more teams to this, Brady Quinn. But it feels like, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit longer than a lot of people expected or wanted moving forward.
3: So one of the biggest gripes at play is uh, how many do they expand to? Because to your point, the semifinal games really haven't been competitive. Um, and, and so we kind of look at it and go, all right, what's the point of expanding then? You know, we anticipate, all oh, these games are only going to get worse. I'm kind of on the other side of the fence in that discussion, because you look at all these other New Year's Six games, which if you expanded to 12 teams, for example, that's what you'd be seeing. Um, the Rose Bowl was phenomenal. Uh, the Fiesta Bowl, fun. Even though it was my Irish losing, it was still a fun game to watch, going back and forth and down to the end. So there's a number of examples of games that were a part of the New Year Six that were close and, and, and fun to to be around. So I think the more you expand, actually, the better games you'll end up getting. Yeah. And, and the reality is, much like in college basketball, where you have 68 teams to go into March trying to play for a national championship. How often, time, how many often times do we see a 16 seed but a one seed? Almost never. Yeah. I mean, outside of what, Virginia the yeah, one Virginia year? Virginia
2: lost, yeah, that one yeah. year.
3: That's it. I mean, that's the reality of it, and we never complain about that or the second round where there's not as many upsets of a number one or number two seed. We never complain about that. So what do we expect? I mean, there's going to be blowouts in any sort of tournament format. That's, just, that's why you play the games. That's why you have a, a tournament format for that reason.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. If you've earned the right – if you expand the field, if you've earned the right to, to compete, then you've earned the right to compete. If you if you get the brakes beat off of you and, and, and earning that right, then you try to figure it out. I mean, we just spent the last segment talking about what do teams do to get themselves better. I mean, it's the same thing that exists in college. You, you you can only figure out how far the gap is until, you know, when you have the opportunity to compete and see what the gap is. So there's no reason to say, oh, we should never do it. We should never see these teams get beat up and, and, and compete and the way that they do for the simple fact of you're waiting to see if they're going to get blown out or not. I, I, I think that you just got to let it play out. I don't think that you try to micro or macro manage it that way.
2: Yeah, and if you have an expanded field and there are two blowouts, but everything else is competitive, what are we complaining about? It's like every other playoff format you look at around the world of sports. Like, there could be some blowouts, but you're going to get some good games because they're the best of the best. So uh, hopefully we'll get this whole thing figured out. It's a Two Pros and a Cup of Joe, Fox game, Sports time. Radio, hour three of the program coming up next here for you, FSR.